I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. Welcome to the first Purpose 360 episode of the new year. Today's episode is a special occasion as we explore what lies ahead in purpose in 2024. The second year of our purpose predictions, and we have brought together an incredible group of thought leaders, innovators, and visionaries to share their insights on the evolving landscape of purpose. Today, I'm pleased to host David Casey, Chief Inclusion and Social Impact Officer of Tapestry, Carol Stern, Chief Impact Officer of Lion Tree, and former CEO of UNICEF and former Executive Director of the Walton Family Foundation, and Andy Farrow, Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Sustainability at Mars. These are three of my favorite people who I love to discuss purpose and their insights about the work today, tomorrow, and what truly are the insights to make it sustained and great. And what are my predictions for 2024? Well, authenticity will run supreme. Authentic was the word of the year from Miriam Webster, and our work will be under a microscope more than ever before. We all know that we must be highly strategic. We must focus on core stakeholders. We must collaborate with partners that can truly deliver and measure the heck out of what we're doing and then capture those stories and tell them in a compelling and persistent way. Other predictions will be that Our funding will likely be challenged. Um, I hear that from so many of my colleagues in the industry and that we will have to prove again through the impacts on our employee engagement, recruitment, retention, the innovation that we can inspire through the purpose connections through our companies, as well as new partners that are going to come and work with us and say, I choose you because of your purpose work. So before we dive in, I trust that you will sign up for Purpose 360. If you're not a subscriber already, please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues, because my vision for over 35 years has been to show business can be a force for good and a force for growth with authentic commitments to its purpose. So let's get started. Joining me today is David Casey. He is Chief Inclusion and Social Impact Officer at Tapestry. Now, for those of you who don't know who Tapestry is, David, talk about the delicious and wonderful brands that encompass Tapestry, and then we will get into the questions. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back on, Carol. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about what's down the road. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Tapestry, we are a global house of uh, three iconic brands, those being Coach, Kate Spade, New York, and Stuart Weitzman. And I love them all. 
<laughs> That's great. Love to hear. Thank uh, you. Yeah, and for those of you, um, we had a marvelous conversation um, earlier in the year, and we're going to put into our show notes um, a link to that because David is just—he's—he's uh, he's great. He's absolutely wonderful. So, where is inclusion heading into 2024? And I know there've been some challenges, not from you, but in the overall marketplace. You're, you're right. There have been challenges, Carol, from both. Uh, I would say when you think about the spectrum being left to right, there have been challenges on both ends of the spectrum. One on the on the right end of the, the spectrum, challenges have come that um, from a place of this work should not be done at all. And from the left end of the spectrum, there's been criticism that the work has not made enough progress and that you know, we're not pressing the gas hard enough. And I think uh, as we look at 2024 and even beyond, I think uh, in the inclusion space, we'll have to continue to articulate for those of us in a corporate setting in particular, what the actual impact is on business strategy. And um, the fact that it is a win-win for all parties involved, it's not divisive. There are no winners and losers, but I think it's gotta be continue, it's gotta be, continue to be positioned as a critical part of enterprise strategy. It's not a program. It's not a set of initiatives. Let's talk about the other part of your job, which is the social impact job. So where do you see social impact going in 2024? Well, I, I, you know, 2023 was certainly a dynamic year in this space. And I think 2024 is going to be even more so. Yeah, I think that it's going to social impact as well will increasingly become integrated in the core business strategies rather than being seen and positioned as a standalone set of initiatives. I think the prevalence and impact of climate, social, cultural, and I would say political and legislative moments will continue to intensify in 2024. And I think uh, so will the consumer and employee expectations that companies stand in the gap. And lastly, I think there'll be a stronger focus uh, and demand for um, a focus on measurable impact, uh, for transparency, and for accountability as organizations strive to stand in that gap and address societal and, and environmental challenges. Uh, very well stated, as, as I know, again, you would, but the, you have wonderful management and leadership who understands the power of this as business strategy. What advice do you have for our listeners who are going like, wow, I wish I was a tapestry, they get it. What can you suggest to your colleagues in terms of, you got so many areas here, you're talking about social impact, inclusion, measurement, strategy. Uh, you know, Carol, I think one thing we have found to be effective, beneficial, and something that creates that win-win-win is when you think about this work, prioritize collaboration and coalition building. And I think you have to prioritize that both internally and externally to drive meaningful change and sustainable uh, change. Uh, there's always strength in numbers. So not only do we take advantage of being a leader where we can be and should be a leader, we want to take a look at the broader horizon to see who else can we bring along? Uh, who else can we engage, you know, from a collaborative or coalition standpoint? And, uh, you know, again, I think what's really benefited tapestry in this space is that we do have a focus on data-driven impact measurement, um, you know, creating innovative and sustainable practices and uh, proactive engagement with all of the stakeholders in the value chain, because I think that helps to do a couple of things. It builds trust, it builds resilience, and it drives long-term value. 
What do you think will be um, the challenges this coming year, especially because we've got wars, we've got crazy political environment, we've got the Supreme Court that and their you know affirmative action declaration. Uh, there's so many things roiling in in the in the culture and such. You hit on you hit on quite a few of them. I think there's going to be ensuring that purpose is always aligned with profit because we do operate in, in for-profit organizations. So there's got to be alignment there. Uh, there will be an increasingly an ongoing um, need to manage complex supply chains, engaging with, to your point, stakeholder activism, uh, and also understanding and, and uh, um, responding to continuously evolving regulations that are going to require careful na- navigation. So, but I think, you know, one of the ways to address the challenges is to understand the opportunity that lies in those challenges. And that's the opportunity to, um, you know, enhance your brand reputation, increase customer loyalty, and access new markets and partnerships. So so in closing, I love talking with you. It's always so much fun. Um, What sort of parting comments do you give to your colleagues so that they can have tremendous success in 2024? So you might already know this quote, but if you don't, uh, there's a quote from Simon Sinek that says, uh, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. You do it. Yeah. So when you think about purpose, and you think about sustainability, go into it with that mindset. It's not about what you do. It's why you do it. And then and then it's so much more expansive and then it'll just draw other people. And when you execute it brilliantly, as you do at Tapestry. Thank you very much. We, we, we certainly strive. Oh, you do. You do a fabulous job. So congratulations on your great successes in the last year and a half. And um, here's to a very uh, inclusive and sustainable 2024. Thank you, Carol. I I wish you and and your crew and your family and your loved ones nothing but the best for everything 2024 holds in store for you. I have the unbelievable honor of interviewing one of my sheroes. And that is Carol Stern. And Carol Stern currently is the Chief Impact Officer for Lion Tree. So welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you, Carol. There's so much to cover, so we're just going to get started. Where is Purpose going in 2024? I think that Purpose is going into the business world in ways that will allow us to see that profit and purpose do not have to be divergent entities, but can be intersected opportunities. What sort of opportunities do you see in the future for businesses and brands who are truly going to identify their purpose and then truly live it? You know, statistically, we know that companies that have purpose are are more successful. And we know that consumers are demanding that companies have a purpose and that they will be willing to spend more money at at a higher price tag at a company that has a purpose than spend less money at a company that doesn't. So there is definitely growth opportunities in the industry. But I also think that there are very few products currently or services aimed specifically at solving social problems. And so companies can take a look at what do we do that that we do well that has application to a social problem and how might we bring that into our scope? Uh, That sounds great. Obviously, what is happening in the world today with the extremism in anti-Semitism is just 
probably horrific to you as to so many others. Talk a little bit about ADL and how you can encapsulate that those 18 years into some a few key learnings that you've now applied to UNICEF, applied to the Walton Family Foundation, and, and now to Lion Tree. The one thing I didn't learn, and I guess it answers your question, is I truly believed we could stop anti-Semitism. And I believed if we raised a generation with a curriculum that today, you know, you use the letters DEI, but at the time they didn't even exist. Um, But if we put anti-bias training or education into our schools, that we would raise this generation that would do a better job. And we failed because we're more fractious than I've ever seen us. Anti-Semitism is higher than I've seen it in my lifetime. And I am kind of three emotions. I'm horrified, I'm sad, and I'm scared. And so as we're looking at the issues that are confronting the community today, there are those in the community that see Jews as the oppressor. There are those that see Jews as the victim. There are those like, we don't fit neatly into a box that can be checked. And therefore, it's easy to make us a target. We have also always been the canary in the coal mine. We, you know, bigotry usually starts with Jews. And then you watch it escalate. And so I feel like we need to roll back the clock. We need to go back to teaching, you know, anti-bias training. But we also need to teach fellowship. We need to teach, you know, the, the compromise. And we need to put awe back into the lives of our children. Very well stated. Do, do you, who would do that? Are we thinking government? Are we thinking individual corporations? Are we thinking religious institutions? Parents? D, E, all of the above. You know, I think that first and foremost, as a grown ups in the world, we need to take a step back and say to ourselves, what can I do to contribute to that before we even do it in an organized way? You know, have I sat down with my kids and talked about this? I used to talk about this when I did anti-bias training that we teach our children about drugs because we know that they can kill if they don't understand them. We teach them about sex so they have careful and protected sex, especially in the AIDS years, okay? We don't really necessarily sit down with our kids and talk about diversity. We don't talk about understanding differences. We don't talk about conflict resolution. We don't talk, you know, those are just not the, the, they're not on that list of mandates, but they should be. Absolutely. They they should be. What uh, other vision do you have for purpose in 2024? And as we turn the corner to 2025, which is kind of an interesting sort of milestone year. My vision for purpose is that the three primary sectors, the corporate sector, the government sector, and the philanthropic sector will merge and that we will learn to tackle problems, take advantage of the expertise of each one. You know, I've told the story before, but when the storm ravaged Puerto Rico, UNICEF had no staff on the ground in Puerto Rico. And so I didn't quite know how to respond to it. And I reached out to the then governor of New York because he had flown down to see what Puerto Rico needed. And I was impressed that he approached it by asking, what do you want? Not assuming we knew better. And so I reached out to him and he told me that he had cleared space at JFK and he had the state attorney general down on the ground in Puerto Rico vetting organizations that could do distribution. And 
he was trying to figure out now what to collect and then how to get it there. And he goes, so that's what I got. What do you got? And I said, well, I'll tell you what I know what they need because I've responded in these situations. So when they tell you they need sanitary sanitation things or they need health things, I know what those things are. And I know where you can get them in one source because UNICEF puts those kits together. And I know how to raise the money to make it happen. So that's what I got. But I got one more thing. I have the chairman of UPS, the CEO of UPS, excuse me, on my board, brand new CEO. And he's going to be in my office tomorrow (laughs) for orientation. Serendipity. So Jim arrived, never got oriented. And I said to him, here's what the governor's got. And here's what I've got. What does UPS got? And he said, well, I have the ability to help you transport all of that to Puerto Rico. I have the best logistics in the world. and." He said, I have 500 drivers on the ground who have trucks, 500 trucks, and they have fuel in them, which was something nobody had. Mm, right. So we put our heads together, and I identified some where the supplies were. They were in Italy. The governor got clearance to, to get them through customs far quicker than I ever could have achieved it. We got them to the warehouse. We used the warehouse for staging space. We unpacked and repacked. UPS transported them by ship originally and by plane later to Puerto Rico. The drivers literally distributed them, sometimes with chainsaws in their trucks to cut down trees in the roads. And we got supplies to the furthest place, the most remote place first. We were first because all three sectors work together. So what I believe is the future of all of this of purpose is for the three sectors to learn how to work together. Brilliant. Beautiful um, endpoint and wonderful collaboration. Carol Stern, you are the best. With me is Andy Farrow. We've had Andy on the podcast, and I'm sure Andy will give us your, your proper title, but we just love the work that he's doing on behalf of Mars. And so, uh, welcome back to the show, Andy. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me. I like the idea of a proper and an improper title. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, tell me your. Your proper title. My proper title is Vice President, Corporate Affairs and Sustainability. I love it. And there's a lot more senior executives that are combining those capabilities and titles that we're seeing in companies that are truly have an authentic commitment to purpose and purpose activation and sustainability. So it's it's wonderful to have the breadth of your background. So let's just get started. The first question is, where do you see purpose or if you want to talk about sustainability, evolving for 2024? I think that the big shift, and I think we're starting to see it, is uh, the debate really moves to the actuals. It moves to actually what you do, and rather less about what you talk about. Uh, I think that, that that is the lens that lots of people are increasingly implying uh, to companies. So I was, I have recently returned from COP in Dubai. Oh, I want to ask you about that. You know, that was very much our focus. Our, you know, our, our focus was on what is it actually possible to achieve and what are we achieving? Um, you know, commitments are, are, are all well and good, but in the end, the only thing that matters is, is, is where you'll be against those commitments in three to five years. And if you, you look at our, our, you know, if I look at me and my colleagues on the leadership team, now, you know, we're, we're the group of people that can help Mars deliver where it gets to in 2030, maybe a little bit beyond that. Uh, and we can set the right direction to 2050, but really, it's about the uh, it's about that that focus on the 
on on the, the the short to medium term and really delivering results. And what we find found is that you know that there isn't a, a trade off between growing and and doing well. You know, you can grow your business, and we've grown it by sixty percent at the same time as cut your carbon. We've got lower carbon levels there, the fifteen percentage points down from our peak in twenty eighteen, and uh, and eight percentage points down from our baseline in twenty fifteen. So, so congratulations. Those are, those are big and and really significant numbers. Um, share with our listeners your um, point of view of COP. What do you think of the outcomes? I was there with my CEO. Uh, we had our chief sustainability officer there, and we had essentially uh, three other people. So it was a it was a small delegation, uh, and I think I think in the end, I mean, the interesting on the outcome is that you know there, there there's been as you know there's been twenty eight cops, only a couple of them get remembered by the name of the city. We have Kyoto, and we have Paris. I think Dubai has the potential of being remembered because of because of certainly what happened on loss and damage. But also because of the, the, the of the fact that fossil fuels were were mentioned, and there was a, the clear direction. I think the the only way we'll know whether Dubai was truly significant will be in the rearview mirror in five years' time. Anything involving over 190 governments is bound to be is bound to be messy, and expecting one single meeting on its own. To solve anything is as ridiculous in the climate change process as it is within any other area uh, of business of business life. So the important thing is there is dialogue and there is progress. And then so, oh, I think you know, I think you have to take progress over perfection. And I think that I think the. Uh, the, the, the the mentioning of fossil fuels was progress. I think the move on renewables was progress. I didn't get to ask you, were there any big surprises at COP for you or your colleagues? Could be a little surprise, but, but we were surprised by the... I think probably the surprise was actually how much progress was made. I think a lot of people, a lot of people wrote off this COP uh, uh, at the start. And I think there was quite a lot of progress was made. Oh, super. Okay. What advice are, would you like to give to your colleagues who are listening to this, which is like, you know, oh, Andy's got this amazing role and he's got to cop and he, he works with little six segments and Mars is privately held. So it's a little bit of a, a different situation. But what sort of advice do you have for your colleagues as they are trying to make this more strategic, integrate it into the company further, make sure that they've got great measurement? Any recommendations? I mean, I think it, I think it's really focus, fo- really focus on what you can achieve, and focus focus on the, focus on the actuals, um, and 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 what are the things that make sustainability or purpose, the things that that you, you can truly measure, and uh, and that, that benefit both your your business and and the and the world around you. So I I think that you know the and I think be exceptionally wary of um opportunities just to talk and one thing i'm i think i'm very concerned about is i'm very concerned that we that too many people play into the polarization that exists it's because sadly on quite a lot of issues there is a degree of polarization it is quite possible to do a very successful issues marketing approach which gets you lots of coverage and gets you lots of talkability but all it does is divide the you know divide the signs and for me one of the things on it and this is often not a popular view but it, if, in, if if sustainability is a core business metric 
and you treat it as a business topic, you have to accept that sometimes things will go faster. Sometimes things will go slower. Sometimes things will be less successful than you thought they would, just as it would be with everything else you do. And it's important not to, it's important not to view that as some huge theological failure that, that a program you had hasn't achieved the results or the fact that you may need to rebalance something and you may need to, uh, to do it. But what, what we certainly know from talking to consumers is that, you know, we did global, we did polling across the seven largest economies um, a couple of months back, and we found that nearly seven out of 10 said they want companies to prioritize the environment at least as much as they want them to prioritize economic issues. And, and, and that's at a time when the economy you know, has, been, has been relatively troubled. So you've, got, you've, really, got to, you've, you've really, got to, really got to do both. That's tremendous. That's tremendous. So I always like to give the last word to my guest. So is there anything else you'd like to add as we say farewell to 2023 and look to 2024 with the very important work that we do? You know, I, would, I would say, and certainly for Mars, is that no one's perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really important to be really be quite humble around what you're, you're, you're looking uh, to achieve. And honestly, if, if what you're looking to achieve isn't difficult and hard, then you've probably got the wrong targets. Ah, that's great. Because we're, we're talking about a, a world in which we live around things that we that we don't control whether it be, you know, outside of our own four walls or, you know, even in our environmental footprint, in our social footprint, in our, in our economic footprint. So I, I think you need humility. Uh, you, you need to focus, uh, focus on progress, um, progress over, over perfection, but absolutely focusing on what are the actuals that you can deliver. So when we, we were very careful when we launched our Net Zero Roadmap, we, we launched it because we need partners to help us deliver it. We launched it and we open sourced it because we wanted people to see what a sustainability approach with clear numbers or what, what would look like. Uh, and, and maybe it was an approach that, that others could, could look to could look to follow. But we did it on the back of having a business that's grown 60%. And it's a, you know a CO two footprint that's, that's declined by um, eight percentage points over over that period in time. Now, minus eight isn't minus fifty, and it's certainly not minus eighty, which is probably where we can get to with the reductions before making up the rest with the credits in, in, in the long run. But it, you know, you know, it is it is rooted uh, rooted in progress. So you know, fo- focus focus on the actuals. Do it humbly and, you know, and recognize that, you know, nobody's perfect. Super. Andy Farrell, it is always such a pleasure to talk with you. Your ears will be burning throughout the year as I constantly just say wonderful things about Mars in in all of my presentations and speeches and conversations. So thank you very much and have a great new year. You too, Farrell. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Anne Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cone on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson, our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. Please rate and rank us because we really want to be as high as possible as one of the top business podcasts available so that we can continue exploring together 
the importance and the activation of authentic purpose. Thanks so much for listening. 